The six-time world champion, New England Patriots. Edelman's going to throw. The quarterbacks are intercepted. We are back with episode three of the Patch Pack Podcast. As always, I am Josh Fenton here with my friend Josh Valdella. Josh, how are we doing today? We are doing fantastic today. How are you? I am absolutely incredible. Do you know why? Because as always, it's a great day to be great. You That's know what right. I'm saying? So in this episode of the Pats Pack Podcast, we are going to be previewing the Colts game they play on Saturday night, prime time. Actually, that could be the only prime time game on Saturday. We're going to kind of get into the COVID stuff in a little bit here. Oh, but that's a good point, I don't know dude. if that Browns game is actually going to happen. Dude, COVID's <laughs> been hitting the like, NFL like hard. It's a, the league's not going to want to postpone that game because yeah. they don't have the turnaround time to move another game into that slot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know if the Browns are going to have enough guys to play that game. Like, you already don't have a quarterback. Like, yeah, first who is of all, it? Like Casey Keenum right now? It's Casey Keenum show, baby. Kareem Hunt's hurt, too. Yeah. Jesus. So I'm not really sure if that game's going to happen, but we're going to get into this. Starting off here, spread. Indy is favored by two and a half, actually. A lot of people are surprised by that. That's actually one of the more favorable bets I've seen people placing money down this mm-hmm. week. Money line, Pats, plus 120. Over, under is 45. Starting off with the injury report, we got Damian Harris, Trent Brown, Adrian Phillips, Brandon Bolden, all have lower body injuries. All are questionable. David Andrews has an arm injury. He's also questionable. The only person on that list that I think might actually be a true questionable where his status might be in jeopardy is Damian Harris. Yeah, definitely. Do you think he plays? Do you think he suits up? Uh, I don't I don't think the Pats were going to re- like re- actually risk it, to be honest. I think you roll with Ramondre Stevenson. It's interesting because he started the week as a limited participant. Like if he was a DNP on Monday, then he probably doesn't play. But the thing is mm-hmm. he started off the week as a limited participant mm-hmm. so it's possible i think it's possible he's i think he's got a pretty good chance to play i say 60 40 he plays just because yeah. of that but i True. also would not be surprised if he sat by any means at all i'm just happy they're not like actually rushing him but they've been giving him the opportunity to like work through mm-hmm. it so i guess he's been like working really hard it also helps that he doesn't have like a true bell cow workload because he splits carries. So yeah, it's true. not like he's going to get like 40 touches mm-hmm. like he did the other day. <laughs> like when yeah. they just he's like refused not to throw the, the ball. third round, one, uh, third down back anyway yeah. as well too. And if anyway, so they that, could make it so it's more, even more of a committee than it already is. Maybe mm-hmm. sprinkle in a little more bold in or even give like. Seen you know, John o. Smith. Yeah, yeah, right. That's also possible. Or even just give Ramondae Stevenson a few more touches here and there and just kind of keep him on the sideline. He yeah. might be a true game-time decision. Like We might not have any word of this until the 90-minute inactives come out on Saturday. Yeah. I think that's actually very realistic. It's a big couple of days. Yeah, but we also have, adding to that injury report, we got Yazer Durant and Dalton Keenan on the COVID list. We got Chase mm-hmm. Winovich, who missed practice Wednesday due to an illness. I'm assuming that's non-COVID related. I know you mm-hmm. were checking in on that. Do you have anything to add to that? I think besides Keen and uh, that lineman as well that I just completely slipped my mind, it's, I think it's just J.J. Taylor. That's it, really. Yeah, I think that's it. I did see Kyle Duggar came off the injury not yeah. injury list, the COVID list on Tuesday, so that will be good to get him back in the lineup, mm-hmm. absolutely, especially with Adrian Phillips being questionable here. I still have not seen anything that happened with him. Obviously, he's practicing, so definitely was not that torn ACL we were talking about last week, but... 
I mean, it's a knee, but I don't know any other specifics. I They've been very quiet about this. I haven't been able to find anything. I think the buys actually helped cover that up a little bit, mm-hmm. along with COVID, which we're going to talk about in a second. But Historically, yeah. the Pats are pretty like low-key about their injuries. Yeah. And it just seems like they kind of like dodged a bullet because he's a big piece on the defense. Right. Well, the way he's practicing and the way he's been limited is definitely a good sign moving forward. Moving on to the Colts injury report, we got Jack Doyle questionable with a leg injury. Zara Franklin, he's got COVID. He's going to be out. Bobby Okariki, that's going to be a big one. Don't know what his injury was. When I looked at the injury report, he was listed as other, which I think is kind of weird that there's no other designation on there. But who am I? I'm just talking to a mic, and I am not putting together this injury <laughs> report. I'm literally just reading this verbatim. He is questionable, but again, that will be a big loss. Ryan Kelly, he missed last week with a knee and an illness. He's questionable going into this week. Anything to take away from this injury report? Uh, really just the linemen, kind of uh, the injury aspect of things. That line is like top NFL, you know what I mean? So those guys paved the way for, you know, a potential MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor. I so. think Jonathan Taylor would definitely attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Kelly, that's going to be a big loss if he's not in there. But also Bobby Okariki, that could definitely be a huge loss because who's going to cover these tight ends? Yeah, you know what I mean? If Darius he's out, Leonard, I don't know. He's more of a, like inside linebacker type. Right. Not a bad defense. Yeah. Absolutely. Very low, uh, notable names. I wasn't even thinking of Darius Leonard till now, but DeForest Buckner, Kenny Moore, they got some pieces there. I feel like this defense is one of the more underrated defenses it's in the like league. It's not talked about enough. And I can see why because I can see why because they haven't always performed to their level mm-hmm. that I feel like they should be performing at. But at the same time, I think it's definitely possible that on any given Sunday, this could be a top five defense in the yeah. league. Not to like, mention, I feel like during the beginning of the season on up to like a few games the big storyline's always been Carson once as soon as he got there yeah that's, that's like definitely overshadowed it I would agree with that definitely so some things to note here we already talked about Kyle Duggar coming off the COVID list on Tuesday Hunter Henry had a baby big shout out to Double H if he's listening to this I'm sure he's not but you know what so the only reason that's really relevant is because there was some talk a couple weeks ago about him potentially missing, missing a yeah. game um, because of that child and it seemed like he was willing to he was going to miss the game. But the more important thing here is he's not going to be pulled in the middle of the game. I think that was the mm-hmm. scarier thing. Like, if you're going to miss a game, like you're probably better off just missing it outright so you know going into it rather than maybe through the second quarter, like, hey, I got to go. Yeah, because that's someone you can pull from the practice squad, you know, et right. cetera. Exactly. So let's get into COVID a little bit here because there's been – the Pats, knock on wood, have gotten pretty lucky with COVID so far. They haven't had – too, too, too many guys go on that list. Obviously, J.J. Taylor, Yaza Durant, Dalton Keeney. Um, Duggar was on there last week, but they haven't mm-hmm. had, like, it's not like knock on wood, Mac Jones. Yeah, generally speaking, they've been, we've gotten away, I guess, or whatever. We've been pretty lucky. Right. So far, so good. But looking at the COVID outbreak around the league, so this, this report's going to be a little bit skewed because a lot more have come out today. But when I was looking at this yesterday, I just read an article, 90 players tested positive. The Browns placed over 14 guys on the list. I think that Crazy, number's even man. higher today. The Lions placed eight. Rams had 10. I think that's up to 13 or 14 now. Could even be more. Washington football team had 18 guys on the COVID list. And right before you got here, we started recording. The Bears placed six guys on the COVID list, including Eddie wow. Jackson and Allen Robinson. That's it's just crazy how it's hit the NFL so hard, and it's not even just the NFL. It's everything, dude. All through sports, you talk about James Harden. Uh, there's someone else notable in the NBA, but it's all throughout the sports world. 
Yeah, Giannis is uh, in protocols now, too. That's who it is, Giannis and James Harden. It's just crazy because I don't know... I don't know how this is going to be fixed. At least the NBA and the NHL... Well, obviously, baseball's not a problem, but the NBA and the NHL, at least they can almost maybe like consider pausing or they have more options because they're more yeah. of the season left. But the NFL is like our season's got a month to go. Yeah, we want to get it done. And playoffs are coming through. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if there's really a correct alternative here. Because imagine if you get into the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady gets COVID. Uh, what are you going to do? We can't have that again, man. It's, it's not skews, but it, you know these are major factors in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it, you're, you're in a win-win situation... Um, that's huge if you just don't have Patrick Mahomes. You yeah. know what I mean? It just sucks because you can't have the best guys on the field, the guys yeah. that you need, and that's you're what at you a want, real disadvantage. Especially as a true NFL fan. That's probably going to happen at some point. Like, mm-hmm. in some sport, one of these major athletes is going to miss some major game. Mm-hmm. And it really sucks. I wonder if they'll ever get to the point where they do treat it like the flu and they just let guys play. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see that, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, who are we, I guess? I mean, Every like team def- or organization has their own approach. It's definitely above my pay grade, absolutely. Like I'm not the one mm-hmm. writing these rules, like in these regulations in the league. Like I understand why they're doing it. It just there's no you're in a lose lose situation. Yeah. It just you just hope the cases go down. I know they so what I read I think it was uh BR Gridiron, the Instagram page, mm-hmm. but within the hour they said that the NFL updated the COVID policy. I saw that. Yeah, so Masks are regardless. Oh, wear a mask regardless of vaccination status, uh, remote or outdoor meetings, no in-person meals, no outside visitors on team travel, strongly encouraging booster shots, and adjusted requirements for returning after COVID. So it just seems like masks are going to be mandated once again, regardless mm, right. if you're vaccinated. Yeah. So, so uh, at least it's a step in the right approach. I get I, there's worse things you can do. Like yeah. you could have to suspend the season or something like that, which I don't think they're going to do. I feel like that would, I, I don't know if the league could recover from that. They would just lose so much money if they had to do that. It'd be mm-hmm. absolutely insane. But you know what? It is what it is. I guess you just try that first and then you just kind of hope for the best and hope they guys, hope you know, stay away from season. stay away from each other and just understand that, you know, let's just get through it. Mm-hmm. And it's for a beer cause at the end of the day. Going back to the Colts side of the ball here. So we got Jonathan Taylor, 241 carries on the year so far, over 1,300 rushing yards, 16 rushing touchdowns, averaging 5.6 yards per attempt, 3.6 yards after contact. He can also kill you in the passing game. He's got 36 catches on the year for 336 yards. How did the Pats slow him down? Oh, man, dude. Honestly, yeah, I don't know if you can. I mean, if we can't even slow down two backup running backs on the Titans... That's what I mean. That's what I was thinking when I was putting the stuff together for this podcast. I'm like, okay, so you got lucky and you dodged the bullet in Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. but you still gave up 100 yards to two backup running mm-hmm. backs that were barely in the league. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The one thing that I like to like kind of lean on is that historically, Bill has been pretty good at kind of um, not eliminating necessarily, but like limiting the effectiveness of a team's most important player i feel like he does better with that when it's a receiver oh absolutely like look at derrick henry a couple years ago tom's last year mm-hmm. like in the playoffs derrick henry just decided yeah i'm better than you and he was unstoppable yeah i just i look back at like the past couple two three years and it's like 
the Pats' run defense, it hasn't been like a joke or anything, but it hasn't been like dominant. Yeah. But you look at the secondary that we've had, it's been up there, you know, stat-wise. And we've had names like Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, uh, Jonathan uh, Jones, all in the same room. I mean, it's not like that this year, but I think the strength is the secondary. Right. I would agree. They've always been a team that doesn't... They always give up a lot of yards, but they don't always give up a lot of points. Yeah. Which I think is... That's huge. Good, but like... Even in the Bills game on Monday night when they played a couple weeks ago, they didn't... Obviously, they didn't give up a ton of yards because of the wind, but they gave Mm -hmm. up probably more yards than you thought they were going to give up when the Mm -hmm. Bills were going into the wind, but they didn't give up... They only gave up 10 points. Yeah. So... Do the Pats need to hold him under 100 yards? Jonathan Hader, this is who I'm talking about here, to get this win. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think we win in this game, even if he score, you know, runs for 100 yards. What if he has 100 yards and two touchdowns? <laughs> Are you pushing the envelope here? <laughs> that's tough. That's, that's two scores that you're asking Mac to lead the offense for. Right. Which I think he's definitely capable of, but you know what I mean? It's, it's not nothing, you know what I mean? Right. This is the NFL. Jonathan Taylor, the last five games, 143 yards, 83 yards, 185 yards, 116 yards, and 172 yards. The Colts are 7-6 and six on the year. 7-0 and oh when Jonathan Taylor rushes for over 100 yards. 0-6 oh when he does not hit that triple-digit marker. Does that change your answer at all? Uh, no, I think we <laughs> did not see that coming. <laughs> that is wild. And, uh, you know, it just attests to how vital he is to their offense or just their team's success. But... I'm pretty confident we can break that, you know, that stat. I was kind of blown away. It's pretty crazy. Like, when you think about it, like, they've got seven wins on the year, and he's really rushed for 100 yards on all of them. I had, mm-hmm. I didn't even know he had six games on the year that were under 100 yards. I literally had no idea at all. I wonder who's, like, relatively close to him in terms of, like, 100-yard games. It's got to be, like, Den- maybe Derrick Henry next. That's the only one I can that's, think of yeah, off the top of my head. Like, there would be – who else would – I can't even think of anyone that's even in the conversation. Because yeah. like, Christian McCaffrey didn't even play that much this year. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. He's he's been like up and down. Yeah, yeah. He's he I think he's been like more down. Yards. Like he's definitely not the second overall pick. A lot of those fantasy owners. Took. Yeah, it's a running back position. You know, it's it's tough. It's There's physical. Diamond does him. Yeah, like Zeke's Zeke's another one who's been really struggling. Like with that knee problem. Yeah, and now Tony Pollard's got the. I think he's got like plantar fascia. Some kind of plantar fascia injury. It's something to do with his knee. I'm Tony, honestly, oh, I, I meant Tony Pollard. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like... Oh, so it's knee? I thought it was like It's something foot. to do with his knee, I'm pretty sure. That's tough, dude. Because I'm pretty sure he had something to do with his foot. So imagine both. That's like a... I think the Cowboys are going to move on from Zeke in the next couple of years. I think so, too. Especially with someone like Tony Pollard. You're definitely going to be able to like pay him less in terms of uh, top running back money. And he's shown that he can, you know, carry the load. He's very explosive. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Pollard left after next year and took on a bigger role somewhere else. The issue is with Zeke, the timing. Yeah. It, I don't think the timing is going to work out with Zeke and Tony Pollard mm-hmm. because I don't think you're going to be able to get rid of Zeke until after next year, the earliest, because that contract, it's the so bad. That's the bad. issue. And the dead cap you eat in that is insane. It's like over $30 million you're eating in dead cap. I looked into this once, and I was like, why would you ever pay a human being this much money? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's insane, the guaranteed money he has. But it's going to be interesting. This game will definitely be interesting. Colts have won seven of their last ten. Mm-hmm. 
Obviously, those seven wins, like I said, have all come with Jonathan Taylor. Over 100 rushing yards. New England, they've won their last seven as well. So they haven't lost in a couple of months. But this is going to be interesting all around. Moving on to the Carson Wentz side of things. So Carson Wentz really likes to check the ball down, it seems like. He's got 146 completions on 195 attempts, short of the sticks, so less than 10 yards. It also looks like he likes to push the ball down a little bit more towards the middle of the field. Almost 28% of his passes, which is significantly the highest, are thrown short of the sticks over the middle of the field. And it looks like just in general, Wentz really does not like to operate towards the sideline for the most part, probably because he's not as efficient. Left side of the field for throws less than 10 yards, less than 20 yards, and over 20 yards. Wentz has a QBR of 127, 115.2, and 90.4. Right side of the field, he's got a QBR of 104.9, 108.2, and 93.5. So that's definitely his weakest error right there. Over the middle, he's got 91.1, 136.2, and 125. What do the Pats have to do to stop Carson Wentz here? And should they be concerned at all with what he brings to the table? Um, I think you are relatively concerned in general when you face someone as talented as Wentz. He's no joke, you know what I mean? He's a top NFL pick, you know what I mean? He has the talent. The guy can throw the ball. Right. The story of his career has been, you know, just bonehead plays, uh... Maybe it was a little bit of, like, you know, the Eagles team lacking in talent. Uh, obviously, the injuries. Uh, I think we can limit him, you know, passing-wise and force him to check down the ball more often. I think that's what a lot of teams have, I guess, drawn up defensively, hmm. uh, scheme-wise against him. I think the issue here, and I feel like Carson Wentz has really gotten a bad rep this year. Been like, mm-hmm. oh, he's the same as he was in the field. He's got no one to throw the ball to. Like, Michael Pittman Jr., I think, has taken a step forward this year. Oh, absolutely. T.Y. Hilton's been in and out of the lineup. And yep. who else is there to throw yeah, to? I mean, Zach, Zach Pascal. Yeah, Zach, Zach Pascal. Uh, like. Paris Campbell. And this team is a lot better than I feel like they put on paper. So they started 1-4. and four. They lost mm-hmm. their first three games. One of them was an overtime loss, but I feel like this team's a lot better. They had a big win against Buffalo, but they also, this is another team that I feel like they're better than what they should, but they really have not beaten anyone. Like they beat Miami. They beat Houston twice. They beat San Francisco. They beat New York and Jacksonville. Buffalo's their only real win that they have so Mm -hmm. far. This is actually a really easy schedule that they've won. Like this team could, I feel like should easily be... Or have a lot better record mm-hmm. than what they have. Uh, maybe it has something to do with them integrating Carson Wentz into the offense. It is a new them, system, but it's Frank yeah. Wright's system. Oh, that's true. They do have history. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's why they. That's when Carson Wentz was going to get traded. I really thought the Colts made the most sense because of the Frank Wright connection. Mm-hmm. When did that trade happen to the Colts? And I'm, I'm curious how oh, much time he had in the off season. Oh no, he did have you know some time to kind of you know gel or whatever like you know get used to the players on the team maybe build some chemistry right i think they definitely had enough time but i don't know like yeah. i said they've won seven of their last 10 ever since they started in three so they've been like sneaky good yeah i completely agree all right moving on here to the pats side of things actually no let's talk about the receiving side of things a little bit more are you concerned about anything in the receiving, like any receivers that concern you here on the Colts side of the ball? it uh, Maybe just Pittman. You know, he has big playability. I think that's all he's got, though, is big playability. Yeah. I feel like his numbers are inflated because he'll have two catches 
for 80 yards and two touchdowns. It seems like <laughs> that happens like almost every week now. And sometimes it's just he's got that yak ability, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like he'll just catch the ball like a five yard out route and he'll take it to the house. He's got size too. Yeah. Like throwing a jump ball to that. I'm pretty confident. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the quarterback. I'm yeah. pretty confident throwing a jump ball to him. Yeah. But I feel like he's not a true number one receiver, which is what the Colts oh, really lack not, in this yeah. offense, I feel like. Like, imagine if you had a guy like Nuke to compliment Jonathan Taylor. That's wild. Instant Nuke and Nuke in. All right, moving on to the pack side of things. So the Colts rank 16th in the league, averaging 111.8 yards per game and 25th with 4.5 yards per carry. Obviously, I don't think we'll see a repeat of what we saw at Buffalo with the Pats carrying mm-hmm. the ball or running the ball 40-plus times. But... I think the Pats are going to continue to go run heavy here, even if Damian Harris doesn't go. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm pretty confident in that too as well. I just feel like this is not the game. This is not the game where you free Mac Jones. I feel like this is going to be a time possession game where you really try to control the clock and really ground and pound the ball. And it's going to be one of those games where you don't want to make a mistake as opposed to making a big play. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that could be what it comes down to. Whoever makes the least amount of mistakes will win Mm -hmm. this game. Yeah turnovers you just never want them and that's a big you know Belichick staple passing side of things so the Colts lead the league with 29 takeaways 14 fumble recoveries Bobby Okariki said earlier in the week that the Colts quote are basically going to throw the kitchen sink at Mac Jones and see how he responds what does this mean for Mac in this one means nothing what you know yeah he doesn't throw the the ball what the hell is (laughs) him saying you know Bill's got his own plan I think that means First of all, I don't know why you'd say that, especially when you're on the injury report and you might not even be playing. But I think, if anything, if I had to take a guess, it's going to be a lot of blitzing, and they're just going to try to get in Mac's face at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And who knows? Maybe he'll be rusty after really not throwing a ball for a couple of weeks. Who knows? Anything you want to add there? I think he'll be fine. All right. What does Mac have to do in this one to get the job done? Throw the ball more than three times. No. You got to do without that. (laughs) Um, You know, be the good game, or maybe... Perhaps the great game manager that he's been all year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Follow the Bill Belichick scheme, the plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I can, think we'll be fine. I completely agree. Do what you got to do. Do your job time when you possession. have to do your job. Yeah, control the clock, time, possession. And I don't think he has to do too much here. I think, like I said earlier, it's just going to come down to who can screw up the mm-hmm. least. Moving on to the final segment here. Keys of the game. So I've got slow down Jonathan Taylor, hold him under to 100 yards. I've got Colts red zone offense versus Pat's red zone defense, as we mentioned before. Well, actually, we didn't mention this before. This is something different. Colts rank 21st in red zone conversion rate. The Pats rank second in that number. Very key wow, stat. So if the Colts win that matchup, that's going to be very interesting going forward. Pats, I feel like, have to win that to get the W here. I feel like it's I a it's must, a must, game. must. I think that's huge the win. absolute biggest one. Then control the clock. I think this is going to be, like I've said a couple of times, big, big time of possession game. And I think whoever has the ball more mm-hmm. and the ball last could very easily put this one out of reach. I agree. I mean, I guess I could even add that just Jonathan Taylor's going to eat. He's going to do his thing. You know what I mean? And I guess we could just manage like the damage that he does. Part of that's I'm kind of torn with that. Part of me is like make someone else beat you. Mm-hmm. But at the same, and like sell out on Jonathan Taylor. But at the same time, it's like, all right, you know he's gonna get his. Like it's kind of like LeBron. You know, mm-hmm. he, not to compare the two, but he's gonna get his. So don't let anyone else make a play. Like don't let mm-hmm. Michael Pittman Jr. also go off for six yeah. catches and 110 yards and two touchdowns or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that you know I don't think it's 
possible that we can shut them down too. We have pieces like Christian Barrymore inside, you know what I mean? Um, uh, uh, Godshaw, Lawrence Guy. We have some pieces to, you know, stuff, you know, the inside and make it difficult for him. But it's those linemen that's, you know, I think are going to be a game changer for him. I'd be definitely okay with stacking the box here 100% and let J.C. Yeah. Jackson go play one-on-one with Michael Pittman. I mean, I'm completely okay with that. Right that's now, what I mean. So. I'm completely fine with playing three corners across and just, mm-hmm. like, run that lineup and see what happens. I love that uh, lineup where they put in... So they've been playing, like, a lot of, like, maybe three corners. So it's, like, Miles Bryant, J.C. Jackson, and uh, Jalen Mills. Yeah. And they'll stick Adrian Phillips in the box. I just... I love that. That'll probably be Duggar this week because I, I don't know oh, if Duggar's going to play. Too, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, that's huge. I'm assuming that's going to be Duggar because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if Adrian Phillips is going to play. I, I know I said earlier in the show that... Yeah, maybe Harris, they do hold him back. I wouldn't be surprised because, especially with Duggar back. But yeah. I said earlier, Damian Harris is the only one I think that is a true questionable for mm-hmm. this game. But the more I think about it, I think Adrian Phillips is a legit questionable candidate too. Maybe we see Josh Bud. So maybe, probably not. Maybe. <laughs> probably not. But. All right. Pats have won eight straight games against the Bill. Can they make it nine here? Will they make it nine? What's the final prediction for the game here, Joshua? Oof. All right. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh 24. 24-17 Pats. Wow. I think we can put up some numbers on them. I have the same exact prediction in my head. I, that's No the, way. I swear to God, <laughs> cross my heart and hope to die, that's the exact this, score I was going to say. I just thought of this. I didn't come into this. I was you know, thinking thing. about this all day. I, I went back and forth. I thought of that. I'm like, maybe 31-27. I'm like, no, 24-17 because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a ground and pound game. It's going to be one of those games where you want to control the clock Definitely. and the score. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to add here? Or are we good to get out of here? I think we're good to go, man. Go Pats. All right. Everyone else, continue keeping on, keeping on. We will be back to recap the game. Hopefully have that out by Monday. Thanks for watching, guys. Like and subscribe, and we'll see you guys in the recap show. Bye, Take everybody. Care.